created live on Fireside. So welcome to your next stop live here on Fireside. I am Juliet Hahn, and I am so excited to bring my next guest, Vinny Potestivo. Did I say it right? Yes, nailed it. Aha. All right. I've been practicing. I've been practicing. So welcome everyone, whether you're on LinkedIn, which I see a ton of people there. Um, hello, hello. If you're on YouTube live, if you're on Twitch live, or if you're here live on Fireside, I see Seth and I see other people in there, Lily in the audience, and I can't see the other ones because I am blind this far. That's what happens when you turn 49. Um, but everyone else, I can't see their faces. I could see those two faces. Welcome, welcome. And this is going to be fun. I can't wait to. Oh my gosh. Die. I can already so relate. By the way, I also recently had to get glasses. I'm 45. And what a blessing to be able to to see life through someone else's perspective. Now I can finally see if my podcast font is too small, if my face is too big. So I take my glasses on and off and it's giving me a second vision into the stuff I'm creating. So it's a good way to spin I, it, right? <laughs> I know, but isn't it also a little bit annoying though that oh. like, I, I, like I could be wearing them now and see far, but close I can see. Most of my friends that are my Same. age, they do it opposite. Of course, I always do everything. Like literally when everyone else goes this way, I go that way. It's just been my whole life. So of course my eyes do the same thing, but I can't see far. So it's also been really funny lately. I'll see someone in town and they'll come later and they'll be like, what was wrong? Why didn't you say hi? Why was that stone face for? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I didn't see you. And I was like, oh crap. Now we're in that stage where people are going to think I'm ignoring you. And then then lenses and glasses make life a little too HD, right? Right. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm in the same exact uh, part of life right now, I think. (laughs) Okay. Well, I love that. I love that. It is real. And I love that, Lily, you just laughed because I know you're getting it. Okay. <laughs> so if you're in this room and this is the first time, I think there's some people that have um, are jumping in and out, but you guys can share this. And Vinny, you can do this too before we dive in. Yeah. Those two little lines at the bottom, you can do broadcast to the world and you can share that to your LinkedIn. It won't be the video, but people can click and literally come and listen. Um, this is one of the things that I love about Fireside um, because it is so user-friendly and people can kind of just listen wherever they are. And especially if they're at work, they're like, Oh, I don't, I'm not in this app. I can't get there, but they can, um, they can listen in that way. So you could do that. You can also share with your followers on Facebook, whatever, when, you know, when you are sharing a picture or something, you can do it the same way when you're here in fireside, which is fun. So I'm sharing, I'm broadcasting to the world. Okay, good, good. And yes, and we're live right now on LinkedIn, our video, which is um, always, I always uh, love that because people are always like, oh my God, you go across the whole entire banner, which I think is funny when you're in LinkedIn. Okay, so I am excited. I know we met on Podmatch which is really yeah. fun. Um, I know Alex, uh, you know, he is doing some really great things over there on Podmatch, And we connected, I think we did like our 15 minute, which I always do when someone reaches out and says, Hey, I think we're a match. I will do like that whole, well, uh, let me see if we're a match. And then the second <laughs> you and I got on talking, we were like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, we had some, <laughs> we had some fun. So I am excited to dive into this and uh, take us through because you are 45, but you've lived, I feel like, 15 lives (laughs) (laughs) other people's lives yeah absolutely true literally yeah i could talk about that (laughs) yeah so please tell us a little bit about you and kind of um i mean i i would love to know like where you grew up if you went to university like what path you took to then become you know this media advisor and i know you know you did stuff on mtv back in the 
in, in the days that I was back in the days wa- watching, watching MTV, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm currently a media advisor. I help um, creators get discovered. I help businesses get discovered and I do it on media. Um, I do it because I had a good 10 year run at MTV from 98 to 2007, where I helped them build the talent development department and our department created Osborne's and newlyweds and punked and a uh, tremendous amount of programming. I got to be the talent executive on the Hills and Laguna beach. I brought Nick Cannon to MTV, TJ Lavin to MTV, who are still hosting shows, franchises 20 years later. Um, it all stems from databases. If you really, if you really want to get right. to the heart, you know, I'm like, you, you pull all the layers just to find out it's a Microsoft Excel database. I was a data nerd. I knew how to, you know, with access and and Excel, create databases. And I wanted to be in casting. And I had this moment where I took inspired action. And I found uh, a a magazine in New York called Backstage, which is where if you didn't have agents and managers, you would go for like non-union work. And I put it in an ad. And I said, if you're looking for projects in the future, so I'm looking to submit people in the future. So send me your headshots and resumes. I'm building my files. You know, one campus road, Wagner College, student box 577. I didn't even think to like pretend to have a casting company or anything like that. And in about a month, I had 700 submissions. Holy crap. I'm going to pause you for a second. Your microphone is hitting your... Oh, Thank we'll you. Yeah, and I didn't want I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, oh, no, oh thank that's you. gonna distract the I hell know. out of me. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. So sorry, by the way. And everyone who's no. been trying to give me the hand signals politely <laughs> down below. I appreciate the support. <laughs> so funny. But I love that you did that. And I think that that, you know, so many people have dreams and they don't go for it. I mean, the fact that you were like, I'm just gonna throw out and see, you know, throw spaghetti on the wall, like people say, and see what sticks. So the fact that you had 700 submissions, like were, were you was your mind? Mind blown, or were you kind of like? <laughs> I, I thought like four dollars per envelope times seven hundred to me. I was like, I just stimulated the economy. <laughs> right. I thought that was a, I thought it was a big a big reaction for a small move, and I felt tremendous responsibility all of a sudden because these were real people with that I could suddenly relate to because I'm looking at similar shows on their resumes and seeing colleges that I've been looking at myself. So uh, I put them in a database. I worked at the computer center. So while I was fixing everyone's, you know, term papers and helping them build their GeoCities web pages and scan photos and, and, and burn DVDs and take their, you know, music into iTunes, which which is what we did in 95 to 98 when I was at in college. But what a, what a killer time to learn about media transmission and how to move media. I learned in the four years that media changed the most from hard drive to floppy disk to no drive to the right. AI. I mean, in the, those four years, wiring two VCRs together so I can edit between VCRs, that, <clears throat> those were skills that got me into MTV. That, that actual, uh, that. When, when it came time for me to get hired, I remember being like, and I can edit with two VCRs. And they were like, you don't have to go to the edit bay and spend thousands of dollars. Like you could right. audition people and then just edit them from your, from your, you know, chair. And I was like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little, like, you're going to lose some quality, unfortunately, but you make up for it and the performance of the people, um, people we were auditioning, the VJs and the Mandy Moore's and Jessica Simpson's of the world that we were working with um, at MTV. But it was this database and, and I started reaching out to people and I would be in the computer center and I would see the opportunities for them and I would send it to them. And then one day 
there was this casting notice I saw and it said, you know, I'm an MTV casting director, 45th and Broadway, shooting live, Whitney Houston, come, come to Times Square. We need you. It worked for me. I grabbed three friends. We went, I got picked in the audience to ask a question to Whitney Houston. Um, what was it that. like recording with Mariah Carey on the Prince of Egypt soundtrack? My, <laughs> my big TV moment. And when she came out and the stage manager says, that's the guy, he's going to ask the question. Here's the question. And she's like, I'm not answering that question. Oh my God. Crazy. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> no. And I was like, my, my TV dreams, this is my moment. And I turned to the casting director who had been practicing with me on the microphone. And I said, you know, thanks for the experience. I, I, in front of my friends, I look great. So this was a killer day for me. And if you ever need more bodies, cause I know you put this like casting call out in distress. I got this like database of 700 people in the area who are looking for, and he was like, what? Like a database in 700. And, and I realized that I had these like technical skills that helped creatives my, fixing people's Microsoft word documents and term papers all that font work and spacing and manipulation of the page. So it felt a certain way though that became reality TV show pitch sheets and casting sheets. Like that's to me, what that's what Laguna beach looked like on paper before everyone oh, no. got to see it, you know, out in the world and right. a cool I'm, experience I'm, to get there. And very cool. And the thing that is like fascinates me, cause I know like when we touched base, we like touched on a little bit what you, you did. I mean, that was like, I was watching all that stuff. Like yes. we were right. We were the same, you know, we're the same age. Like we were right there. I was loving that and really being like, oh, this is so fun. I lived in New York city. I remember Braxtage magazine. I mean, I was in advertising. Oh, yeah. so I wasn't doing an acting stuff, but I always loved to look through that because I would be like, huh, let's just see. This is fun. I like to like dream of things or see things. And, you know, so I would love to know you had this database skill, right? You, mm -hmm. you were like teaching yourself how to do this, but what do you think gave you that kind of confidence? Were you always like confident to be like, I'm just going to go for it? Or do you think it was something that you learned as a kid? I mean, did you have things in your childhood that kind of helped you kind of get a little bit resilient and get that grit? So, um, two part answer to answer the question of what made me feel confident to move forward doing what I'm doing was those 700 people that responded. That's right. That's the universe <laughs> confirming, giving me a big thumbs up prior to social media where this cosmic energy wasn't around. So I had, I had to trust 700 responses to me. That was way bigger a response than I could have. I thought 15, 20 people max, you know what right. I mean? Like, I'm, cause I think I'm so small and I think my, my impact in this world could be so small by the way. So that's like the mentality there. Um, uh, I think that I became a creative communicator and found creative. I'm a very creative resolver. Uh, I love that. If you tell me what's two plus two in my head, I'm like two eggs plus two eggs is four <laughs> eggs, which becomes four chickens, which, you know, I have this like mm -hmm. piece, this fantasy piece in my mind. Some of that, unfortunately, uh, stems from coping mechanisms turned superpowers. Uh, as I'm the oldest of four growing up as a kid and my, my uh, parents are divorced in and out of rehab. Uh, I learned to put other people's goals before mine. I learned to minimize my wants and desires so I can minimize my frustrations and losses and disappointments. Um, we move around a lot, which makes it hard to meet friends. So I quickly learned how to make friends quickly because mm -hmm. like sometimes it would just be Thursday night basketball at, you know, at the youth center. And we're only going to have this Thursday because of how they would ship us around. I, I didn't want to just play basketball with random people. I really like knowing who's around me. Uh, I feel empowered 
by those people around me. I feel funnier when I'm with comedians. I feel like I can sing on MTV. I'd be walking around the still <laughs> singing like I'm like Nick, like Nick Lachey. Like I, I miss my boy band moment. Uh, uh, with Jeff Ro- Jeffrey Ross, like the comedians, I think yeah. I really take on these like pieces. And, um, I think that's what made me want to be in casting because, and, and specifically what attracted me to, to MTV was the high output creators like Mandy Moore and Beyonce and Jessica Simpson. No one was asking them for content. They created it and served it the way we now understand how to do this podcast, this, this, you know, this, this, uh, creator economy that we live in where we have the ability to create content and and get it out there. It wasn't the case back then. And I loved output. I loved television and how it, how it could move from, from place to place, but really it was about the people for me. That's, that's the part that I, I was fascinating with the most. Um, but I think as some of those superpowers come in as a kid, uh, putting people first, being a people pleaser, um, I had to internalize my emotions, which, uh, results in me over explaining my emotions. And I run on a little bit long sometimes, uh, cause I don't, there's a, 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 a built-in pleasing part mm-hmm. of me that wants to make sure that everyone receives, you know, what's out there, but I overdo it because of, um, you know, so I'm aware of it. And I, I surround myself with fantastic editors, fantastic designers. <laughs> like I know where my, I know where my, my mind can take us, but I know I need the finesse of, of experts. And, and I think somewhere between high school and college, I was told I wasn't a good writer and that really stuck with me. And when I got to MTV and this, at first it was put Mandy Moore on MTV. Uh, we, I got to cast Beyonce in her first film, Carmen and Hippopera. So it was really figuring out new ways to work with talent, uh, and casting the VJs. And it, right. I, it was, will I, will I am was at a taping once and was like, how, how come like, I'm the number one video and I got three minutes in the show and he's a new VJ and he's got 30 minutes on the show. He's like, what would it take to host a show? And everyone kind of looked at me and I was like, oh, I could, that's a cool idea. You would do that. Like, I think people would think you would never, I know how to make a phone call. And that was, Will, Will was really the first person that broke that seal. And then, and then we looked around who we had already, Mandy Moore, uh, good Charlotte. Like, and that became like a model for us to work with talent. And, um, I became obsessed with talent development because right. they were high output creators, you know? And I think that's so cool. And I love, I always ask the question about the kid thing. And sometimes, you know, people get a little uncomfortable, especially if it's like, eh, it wasn't uh. the best, but we do really learn things in our childhood. We, we tell each other, you know, tell ourselves stories, good or bad. Um, and one of the things that I love that you said, how you kind of input things, I see everything in pictures. So like if someone says a tree, I see a tree. I don't see the word tree. I see like the actual tree. So that actually helps me in the creator world because I do see in pictures. So I'd see things a little different, which I think is a really big positive. Like if you just think the same way as everyone else. So I love that you're aware of that. I'm aware of it. I don't think I was aware of it for a long time until... Um, and I don't even remember where it kind of came up and they were like, do you see the word tree or a tree? And I was like, I don't see the word. Yeah. Tree. I see a tree. Or if I like someone tells me a title of a book, I'll see the title very visually. So people will a lot of times come to me for those kind of ideas because mm-hmm. I am very, very visual. 
Um, I think that stems a little bit from my dyslexia, but I, it's one of my superpowers. It's one of the things that I love the most is I can really create things in my mind because I think a little different. So I love that you had that and you also went with it. You saw the talent <laughs> that you had and we're like, okay. That's what I had. <laughs> but the seven hundred die, it felt like. <laughs> right. Well, especially when you're, when you're in New York City and I mean, you know, I've just actually yesterday had an interview with a woman that was, uh, Broadway. She's a performer and we actually mm-hmm. were talking about backstage magazine. So I love that oh, this yeah, has come funny. up twice. I was like, Oh my God, I loved that magazine. And even though I <laughs> didn't do anything it, by to the it, way. I haven't been out of it since October, 1998. I haven't been I out of that. I love that. I love <laughs> that. That's so cool. And that, it, I mean, it's just like the village voice back the, like those things in the city were such iconic city things that yeah. really, I mean, when we lived in New York city, that I mean, because where do you live now? Are you still in the city? I'm in Brooklyn, I, but I'm from Staten yeah. Island. And you're right. That was it was like a few a few kiosks in Times Square had it because there was like mm-hmm. the drama bookstore and there was a couple of places that had distribution. I knew at Wagner College it was I had easy access to it, and they wouldn't for some reason they didn't mail it to us back then. You couldn't get like a there was no mail idea right. mail. So I just felt like I had access to something that I should be sharing. Like I I don't and also I was getting paid. At the computer center, which was like $10 an hour versus if I was like, uh, um, you know, another on-campus job, which would have been seven twenty-five. So I felt like I was already winning because I kind of was in a tech job. Um, right. It, just, it all, it all, it all worked it, and it was so serving, you know, um, I did the same thing again with my podcast. So I have a podcast It's called, I have a podcast. I, I go back and I talk to all the Mandy Moore, um, uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler, TJ Lavin, Danielle Fisher. I go back and talk to everyone that I, I, I worked with 20 years ago. I want to show you probably with the same 14 people every year, how much we've experienced together. So it's not about like who I know, but like what we've experienced. I think mm-hmm. that might be unique about this Very podcast, cool. but I don't get to meet new people like this, um, and put them on my podcast like you, Juliet. So, so I created, I have a podcast.com so I could write a featured article about you. And I know as podcasters, like articles about us are few and far between a lot of listicles that include our podcast names, but like when it comes to getting discovered and needing visibility on not just Google, but Bing and you know, that, that universe, I, I saw this you know, missing place. So I created a forum and I help people get featured articles and it's working. And I got a couple of hundred blogs now pulling my RSS. So I feel like I'm discovering talent and I've built this community around, around exploring and discovering. And then I go, well, my podcast is called, I have a podcast. How come I don't like write articles on, on my, I have a podcast. Like why? Like, (laughs) and again, it was, it was this idea of, of, I felt called to create something that I was capable of creating the responsibility in that, um, leveraging it in a unique way that I know how to leverage it, uh, by giving you credit, by helping you get discovered. I'm networking with you and, and that's my way of adding value. And, and as I work with other podcasters to collaborate on their, on their episodes and we expand this universe with our episodes, I'm built to support those episodes. Um, to me, that was important having that ecosystem and all of that stemmed from, seeing a unique thing that I felt called that I can do with databases, getting people to fill out forms. That's hard, man. That is is hard. Even a three question (laughs) form and it's all about them. uh, You know what I mean? So, uh, but, but I did it with casting notices on real housewives of New Jersey and millionaire matchmaker and all the crazy shows that I, you know, I got to reach out to hundreds, if not thousands of people. And, um, and I like helping independent voices who own their IP 
be empowered as creators because what we can do in, in owning our IP and owning our podcasts and newsletters and blogs and, and our voice and our likeness and owning that data, there's a lot that, that's coming our way. The ability for podcasts and narrow casts like this to go broadcast, it's, it's there. And I also believe the future of 2023 is everyone is a podcast directory. Like Walgreens is a, I want to listen to, are you kidding? I would listen to some beauty podcast on what on Walgreens. If I'm looking for, uh, I'm 45, you know right. what I'm looking for? A little hyaluronic, uh, something walk me through the process <laughs> get me in the store and get me with the voice. I trust, you know, I can see a lot of brands adopting that airlines, uh, Bravo, uh, you know, MT, I can see all of these brands tapping into podcasting because we're amplifiers. And we, no, own and I, we own that content. And I so agree. To, now, do you think some of that has always kind of been there and it just evolved? Or do you think the pandemic also kind of amplified it and pushed it a, like further? I mean, I know when the yeah. clubhouse is there, came. Is there, there's suppression then. You, right. Who's, tell, who's telling us 50,000 podcasts? Oh, there's too many podcasts. Says who? TV people? Probably TV people more so than film people. And I love y'all TV people. I'm TV people. So like, don't get me wrong, but TV is about retention. TV is a small media sector in the advertising industry. Podcasting is in the content industry. I would be very clear about the separation of like the, those two places. A lot of money has been going on to TV because that was the way to get on the screen. I was obsessed with getting on the screen. That's why I learned VCRs and how to move media. Anything, you know how some kids, they wanted to have a radio show. So they would literally just broadcast it from like their garage, like one yeah. listener. It was the act of doing it, right? Like I want to be on TV. I don't care how I get there. Put me on VCR and push play. I'm happy to, you know, be in the room. I was happy to be in the room. And so, um, yeah, I think that, so I, I think that the technology is there. Look, um, with broadcast TV, we all know that we get a different. So if we're watching the today show from like seven to nine in the morning, we know that we also get our local segments and our local news. So we're getting hit every 10 minutes with local news, which is based on where we're living. And then also the weather, uh, which is to say that why, why couldn't we be able to target geographically specific podcast and be able to narrow cast, you know, stream this information. It's, it's about moving content through media. If you own the content, you'll be able to move it through media. Um, my podcast is I have a podcast. I don't put ads in my podcast, but I take, I have a podcast and I have a radio show called I have a podcast on radio courtesy, by the way, of Josh Carey. If he has this awesome product called radio ready, that is like gets podcasters right on radio. It's it's where there's already guaranteed ears. Like there's already an existing signal and an existing cadence of audience. And so you're, you're not trying to create something out of nothing. There's a, you know, there's, there's already a tune in factor or a morning drive factor. That's going to get you in front of these people. Um, so I leverage my podcast in audio and, and then I could put some ads there. Uh, I have a podcast on TV courtesy bespoke TV, which gets me on Cox, Comcast, Verizon, um, game station and, and a game station, PlayStation, right. um, game station. <laughs> you see where I'm thinking? I'm a guy used to my short list of shopping and, right. uh, and about a, a half dozen AVODs. Um, and I get, I put advertising, um, on there, but I want my, I want my podcast to be pure, but because I own that IP, I'm able to have these partnerships with these media platforms that allow me to distribute. And I don't rely on social media for amplification. Right. Which is really smart. Now, do you think when you started the podcast, did you, so like anyone that's listening, that's like, wait, okay, that's, you know, that's an, an interesting idea. Cause I've had 
when I started it, I've had people reach out, be like, Hey, I have this network or I have this. And there's times where I'm like, Oh, I think everyone's trying to steal stuff. You know, like I get like Mm -hmm. a little nervous, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you give this and then all of a sudden everything's taken. So I've like done a little research and I'm like, "Eh, it's not the time. It's not the time. I always feel like things happen for a reason at the time that they're supposed to. Did you have that already kind of thought that that's the plan you were going to do with the podcast or did it kind of evolve naturally? Um, it evolved natural. So both, uh, uh, I call my podcast. I have a podcast. I'm clunky intentionally because I I'm being, in t- I'm trying to be intentional. So I actually want, I'm actually signaling to my, the, everyone that I worked with in the past, what I have to be really right. honest, there's, and that's how some of my bigger clients have come through because they also want podcasts. They see that I have one, they know what we've done in the past. So now we're able to you know right. move that on. Um, I, I sought a relationship with Bespoke TV and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an advisor for the network and I sit on the board of advisors now because I wanted to have output to the Gen Alpha audience. So it's very 18 to 24 female. And it's just, I love, you know, I grew up programming for MTV. Right. Youth, youth culture is like the seed of humanity, by the way. So if I can keep my messages in front of them and stay in touch and let them connect and continue to educate me all the better. Uh, so I created an end because I'm in talent development. I bring in relationships to that network. Um, I know what that deal structure looks like. There's, you have a 100% ownership over IP and we've been able to really grow that brand out really nicely. Um, and with, um, with radio, it's just a time buy to be really honest. Um, so I own my IP. It's a 27 minute show and whatever commercials or information I want to put, how many call to, call to actions or how much of my interview I want to put in, you know, it's up to me. And I might even just find that one episode that works well and then just stick with that one 27 minute show and tour the nation and keep hitting and keep hitting communities and then geo targeting them maybe in social media with a call to action for listening to the radio or or something like that. Cause I'll know what network they're listening to. Which is smart. And I mean, the thing is that, you know, again, you've, you know, you've lived this, so you've learned kind of like what works, but you also are not afraid of being like, let me test this. Let me test that. And I think that's one of the things that's really cool about you because there's (laughs) people in the outcome. (laughs) Right. And then, and so that is going to be my, like kind of my next question for you. Um, And I think you kind of answered it in your upbringing, but you know, there's so many people out there that really are scared of failure. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't, they won't try things because they're afraid of like, okay, what if, you know, whether it's a financial failure, whether it's just a personal failure, whatever it is. And I always say, I'm not like scared of failing because I'm dyslexic. School was hard. I failed so many times in school. I would just brush myself off and be like, okay, what's the next thing I need to tackle this different. I am not scared of it. I always feel like I'm going to learn something if I fail. Like it's okay. That wasn't the path I was supposed to take today, but here's what I learned. And let me then pivot that and, and go this way. What gave you, do you think that kind of, I'm going to try all these things and not be super Hmm. scared of failure. I mean, to me, it seems like you're not, you might be like, Oh my God, no, I am. And it takes me a long time to do these things. So I would love a little bit of insight in there. Um, I think I have confidence in, in uh, there, in, in judging. uh, I want to use the word magnetism and opportunity. I don't know how to get there, but like I, I, I'm, I, I have confidence in that. I have confidence in, my ability to see the best and the worst in people. And by the way, sometimes it's really fun to watch you do something that you're great at. Sometimes it's really fun to watch you do something you're horrible at. <laughs> like <laughs> Jessica Simpson in the kitchen, chicken tuna of the sea. We can connect to these moments, you know, a lot of the Osborne's yeah. moments, you know, we can connect to these moments where they're just so human and revealing. Um, 
Uh, I think the thing MTV did right back then was give us 30 minutes. It gave us the space for storytelling. I think that's something I'm good at equally as well as creating space. Um, I know where to jump into a, a project, uh, oftentimes because I don't believe in, in project starts if there is no intention for a project finish. A, a lot of the media projects I've worked on are, or franchises are, are 20, 30, 40 seasons now deep. Um, I look for that sustainability piece. Um, I, I trust in my sort of empath ability to take inventory of the skills you have, the people around you and the assets you have to figure out what you need best to be successful. And I'm pretty realistic about, you know, outcomes and I'm very open to outcomes. I think I, you know, I, I like, I really like what the universe has in store for me sometimes. It's, you know, I, I, some, some people are better storytellers than me. I just got to be honest. I'm a story shaper. I'm a character developer, by the way, stories change. If you ask me, mm, I'm all, facts don't change. Character names don't change, you know, but the story changes based on the audience, the narrator, the interviewer. You know, I can tell you about uh, a lot, Thelma and Louise, and there's different, we all have a different version of Thelma and Louise in our life, or um, uh, yeah, David and Goliath, you know what I mean? These characters that stand the test of time. Um, so, so I don't know. Um, there's just trust. There's an inherent trust in the process. Uh, and how would I say it? Uh, it could be very nonlinear. Um, so I think some of it is understanding how, how our actions impact the reactions of, you know, our goals. Uh, one of the ways to get people on television, for example, I used to have to, you know, I used to recommend they get Wikipedia pages because I knew that network executives were going to Wikipedia to see if these people were who they were. So then I knew that that would be something that helped me get you cast on a show. So I would recommend for a couple of thousand mm. dollars or if you have a connect or, and then I learned how to do it. And now I understand the importance and the step that Wikipedia, you know, plays in discovery. Um, IMDB for us right now for podcasters, IMDB is a great place for us to get credit, give credit, production credits, awards, guests. We're, we're actually building, like we, we tell IMDB how many episodes we have and, and all of that information is fed to Google and Bing and Yahoo. And, and you know, I want to point out that Google is not the be all end all. There's lots of ways that we can get on Google, but get, being discovered, be getting visible, um, uh, that IMDb hack right now for podcasters, it creates a lot of link backs, a lot of presence, a lot of data that pushes back to you and your podcast and your, your websites if it's set up that way. Uh, and it's free, by the way. You don't, you, don't, I, you don't need IMDb Pro or any type of special access to it. Um, it's just all about IP. And I have all this step-by-step -step information if anyone's looking for it. I can support it later. Right. Um, and, that, and this will be all in the show notes. And again, like you can go follow... When I... Uh, queue up when this goes out on the R, you know, on my podcast and all the all all the podcast players on your next stop. I always do a queue in, tell people where to follow you and all that. Super. So that will be. I know you guys are listening and be like, oh, we already knew that. Um, <laughs> I cringe at that part. <laughs> right, 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 right. Stay um, focused. If you're going to go anywhere, now would be a good time to leave a five star review for Juliet. How about that? Like, join <laughs> me in the five stars if you really want to know how I feel because I will be there. Search for me, find me, connect with right. me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, but I love all these tips because it is just so natural and it really is when you think about it it's really kind of logical and i yeah. think that i think a lot of times people make things a little bit more difficult than they need to and the way you just kind of laid that out it's like huh 
yeah, that totally makes sense. It's but not something we think about. It's from uh, it's from experience uh, as a TV booker. If I'm looking for experts, I go to regional shows, national shows, local shows. There's a reason why we say start local before you go national and, and you go big because we want to find you, prove that you've done live, live, not just you know pre tapes and that you know you can do it because we don't want to get it wrong either. It's a point of discovery that really is just awesome. Uh, and awards, I feel that way about awards. You know. Uh, no, no one tapped Beyonce on the shoulder and said, here are your nine Grammy nominations you deserve. She applied. She paid thousands of dollars for every name on, in, on every category for every submission that went in. Uh, Oscars, Emmys, Tonys. I was lucky. I'm lucky. I won my Emmy, my first Emmy last year because I realized I didn't apply. Mm. The number one reason why I didn't win an Emmy, I didn't apply. And they didn't give casting directors Emmys when I was doing my thing in TV, but you know, whatever. Right. Now, now they are, that's, that's but, amazing. So, and I realized I was like, I'm the reason why I don't have an Emmy and Emmys, you know, there are an award that leaves my, you know, industry and, and spans multiple in- industries. So <laughs> you might hear reality TV and some of the names I said and say, Marone, what, what are another <laughs> one of these? But like I built a talent development department. I help people stand out and win awards and, I won that award from this seat in in my guest bedroom in my home. Like that's if, if that isn't humbling enough to realize how much power you know we have um, to do to to overcome you know the, those things that that hold us back. I need to collaborate with people. That gets me out of my shell. That that's one way that that removes fear of mm-hmm. doing it. Is like we're going to do it together. And, yeah. and more likely than not, I'm going to involve a lot of people in doing this. And I don't take that. I, don't, I take the responsibility of being a cheerleader and a community leader and a, you know, like a, a steward to the cause. But the actions now become group actions. And I don't take credit for the win. So I'm not going to take blame for the losses, I feel like. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people don't think about that. You know, when you always hear like surround yourself with smarter people, surround yourself with people that uplift you and stuff. It's also really important to be able to do the collaborations and network with people and be like, okay, you're kind of in the same industry. I have this idea or this thought, Hey, let's talk because of those little tidbits that not everyone thinks of. So I love that you just highlighted that because that's one of the things I have like three people in my life that every week we kind of touch base that we're like, okay, let's, let's kind of unfold. What are you thinking next? Where do you want to be, you know, in six months, you know, what are you doing here? And we collaborate. And sometimes the things that we talk about and we start building kind of get legs of its own and take off others kind of, you know, started something that was really exciting, but then kind of went dead in the water, but there was not, it wasn't a waste of time because there was an outcome that we needed to see. And I love that you kind of brought up the universe, you know, because I do, you know, whether people listen that are listening, believe in the universe or God, there is a path. And I truly believe that we all have paths and, you know, your 700, you know, list, Mm -hmm. that was a huge sign. Okay. This is kind of what you need to think about. You could have taken that list and just be like, Oh, how fun and put it on a shelf. Right. And done nothing with it. And then the universe or God maybe would have had to yell at you a little bit, you know, no, go get that (laughs) list, go get that list. And sometimes people are not aware of those little slight cues. And so I always say, 
I think it's really important. Some people call it meditation. I call it daydreaming because I need to move. I cannot sit and meditate. I think about like the laundry and the things I have to like do around the house, like the housewife stuff. And I'm not good at that. I don't like that stuff. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> be walking the dogs and getting my exercise and, and getting the dogs exercise. But that is the space that I really kind of dream. I think like, oh, what do I want to be doing? Or what do I, where do I want to be in five years? What do I want my family to look like in five years? Mm-hmm. And I just let my mind go. And it's sometimes it's fun. Like sometimes I giggled at myself because there's been times where, you know, I'm like in Miami on like a, and I know this is going to sound crazy for people that are listening and be like, huh, because I don't know if I've ever shared this, but like I'm on Miami, in Miami on the water with this like beautiful house. My husband's sitting there with like a white button down and my kids all come in with their different careers and they're all old and I can see them. And I'm like, it's so weird that that's so vivid. And I have my boxers running around and I'm like, that's going to be something. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Maybe it's like, turns out to be a vacation, but that image comes to me a lot. And it's really kind of fun to be like, okay, that's going to be something sometime, somewhere, maybe in a second life. Who knows? You know, I don't know. You know, when I I pass it, but it's fun to do. And it really, that's how I created my podcast. That's I literally kept, you know, kept coming up with podcasts. I think you need to start a podcast. And and I would talk to people and they would talk about a podcast and I would listen to it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. Like, this is what I'm going to do. It was a time where I was kind of in a creative rut. My kids were a little bit older and, um, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to do it on my own. And I just step by step built it. And then it took off. And I was like, huh, okay. This is there what I go. was meant to be doing. I love podcasting. And in, in 2006, uh, while on TV, I tried to have a podcast talent show that uh, didn't go over so well. They really wanted me to focus on YouTube talent. And I was like, mm. well, podcast. There was, there was, but we talked about, I hinted on this earlier about TV people. There's, I think there's some suppression. First off, there's suppression of podcasting. So in my opinion, if you know the story of Adam Curry and what his impact was on podcasting. And also prior to that, how he purchased MTV.com and lost the lawsuit to M- to him versus MTV because MTV, I was at the network mm. when they used to say things like, why do we need a website? We're a TV network. Like, why do we need a website? They, I wanted to create, Nick Lachey and I wanted to create a uh, social network for kids in like 2003. And they were like, you can't, it's too similar to what we do. And I was like, but we don't, I'm so confused with like what, and we, and we didn't buy MySpace. I was like, what are we doing? What's the, what's so frustrating? And I, I think that to be honest, there's a lot of suppression over, over podcasting because there's way more qualified creators out there that are going to make way better podcasts than there were qualified producers who made crappy TV that mm-hmm. ended up making it really difficult for a certain percentage of um, professional creators in TV for a while to create because of the Michigash <laughs> and the Michigan that was going on, <laughs> that was going on in the industry. Um, because, because there was so much consumption, there was consumption from the networks, buying content, creating content. Content. There's way more platforms now than ever. Um, there's more, I can name more new platforms, media platforms than I can podcasts, by the way, right. with all the pluses and, and everything like that, if you think about it. And, and it's our episodes, it's our multiple series on multiple platforms now that it's us that, that are expanding. We're getting bigger. That's, that's what's making our industry bigger is us. It is, 
it's not growing at a rate faster than us. We are the alchemy mm-hmm. that is. No one owns podcasting. And I, and I love, by the way, that podcasting is like the, the, the most articulate and forward-thinking communicators of every industry. I've mm-hmm. never worked in a media platform except for in social media, but in a very different way where in a, in a media platform like podcasting, where I meet the best of the best or the best of the worst, right. <laughs> but they're still great <laughs> articulative, you know, communicators mm-hmm. um, from science and technology and accounting and arts and like all, all of the different ways that podcasting fractures, you know, those economies. Um, so yeah, I appreciate the media part of us. And I, that's the piece I know how to get into public media. I know how to get, buy media time, you know, buy a half hour, um, on your local Fox or local ABC, but I know how to help businesses do that. And, um, and, and, and media placement, but I, I really am passionate about helping people find fame if they're willing to leverage it, if they want to leverage, it. if leveraging it is part of their strategy or MO, you know, that's right. the, that's the part where I'm at now. You're, you're, you're lucky if you watch some of my stuff and you just like got to sit on TV and sit in your couches and, enjoy Laguna beach or like punked or whatever it is that I worked on that was intended for you to sit down. Now it's about action. Now it's about, about conversations that we can, you know, follow through with. And, uh, and we have to set the tone, you know, not just be, you know, the bare minimum, but, uh, we have the ability to do it. So I, I like, I, I love how exotic podcasting is and the level of expertise from and of execution and expertise and production from so many vastly different, you know, backgrounds. It's a cool time to learn to be a creator, you know, in TV, we learn to network up. And, and the thing I've learned in podcasting is lateral and horizontal and diagonal shoots and ladders. I'm learning right. from, you know, all, all areas of life, uh, how people create, how people publish, how people repurpose, how people pre-purpose, you know, get their content out there. It's so true. It really is true. And I love how you just kind of laid that out because it really is one of those things that, you know, when I started the podcast, I started in 2019 and it really was like, oh, so there's so many podcasts out there. You know, then we know like in 2020, there was like a huge boom, you know, so I felt like, oh, wait, I was a little, you know, I was a little ahead, not on purpose. I just kind of was ahead on that. But there is when, you know, what people will say, oh, there's so many out there, but there's so many people in the world. And when you have good content and you're consistent and you yeah. continue to put your stuff out there, you're going to reach people that are going to hear you. You could be a slow grower, could be a fast, you know, fast grower. It really depends. But I think that's what's so important because there's so many people that will come to me and say, Oh, I've always wanted to start a podcast and I just, I don't know how to do it or I don't know what to do. You can learn on Google. You could also find someone like yourself or myself, you know, like there's people out there that can help you do it, but really it's just, talking and getting your message out there yeah. in a, in a creative way, but there, there is structure because people, you know, like there is a, a structure that I think is important. You know, there is, you know, sometimes the wild, wild West and the more that yeah. you're a little bit, a little bit more condensed, but it is such a powerful platform and, and such a powerful tool to be able to kind of, just also be who you are and um and and the amount of growth i have had and the amount of stuff that i have learned just with telling my own story and then talking to other people and kind of helping them connect the dots because of the questions i ask um it, you know it's really fun when i'll have someone on and i'll be talking and i'll ask them a question and then all of a sudden they go oh my gosh <laughs> 
I, I never really even correlated those two things that, and, and then it's like this, this, you know, epiphany they have. And it's like so awesome that I am been put in this spot to be able to do that. You know, I mean, yeah. it really is, is such a blessing. So I would love to know kind of like where you are. Um, you know, we're talking about dreams. Like where do you see you and your brand and what you're doing, um, in the next five years? Yeah, I love that. And I love that you have that philosophy. I too, sometimes I'll say like, I'm, I'm making decisions based on the future. Like these decisions, these actions I'm doing now, I have a final picture in my mind. Uh, I have a podcast.com. Uh, I have a podcast on TV. I have a podcast, the radio. I would love for that to become a media brand, uh, mm. a goop of podcasts, perhaps. Uh, I love that. And I'm slowly building relationships with the audience members that I know are going to help me get there. Um, and when I get there, I'm going to know everyone in the room. And that's the part I love the most. That's really, that's what podcasting allowed me to do. I didn't have to break into podcasting in a giant way. I just did it one-on-one. -on -one. And you know what? If you need a little help, like you and I, we met on Podbatch. There's, there are tools out there that will quality tool, high quality tools, by the way, that mm -hmm. like, I'm telling you, I trust this platform. We're on it. We're, this is a result of that platform, um, that can help you meet the right people. It's all about people and building trust with people. And like Julia said, like, we couldn't wait to this conversation. We've had some conversations prior to just making sure that we would bring y'all value, let alone, tr tr you know, it's like, uh, when you have a morning show and the, you hear the host, we couldn't talk to you before the show. Cause we wanted to make sure we got all on the show. There, there's, so, there's so much to catch up on. Um, right. hel hel helping people build their media systems is something I'm really focused on. Podcasters are now recording content, um, like you said, maybe the boom was 2020. So maybe people have had a podcast for three or four years. I want to help them get that first year elevated while I can, because if it was shot on video, it probably wasn't shot on 4k. So there's a, a, a shelf life to video right now on some of these platforms that can be 1080, that can be standard HD, um, probably until those platforms no longer take 1080 and require 4k. So I like helping people understand if they plan on leveraging the video that they're recording for public usage, the quality matters. Audio is a little, you know, more lenient, by the way. So my ability to help people take episodes that they know worked. Maybe you have like one episode that did like 10,000 and everything else is like 100. You know, like we're lucky every once in a while we get that one random mm -hmm. episode that had reached. Maybe that's the episode that you take and invest um, on radio and get it out there because you, you have your seven, I call it my 700, but you have your 700, you know, uh, thumbs up right. out there in the world. Make sure that you're, you're, you're prepared to scale what you're creating. Um, uh, we say the word evergreen and evergreen kind of means don't, don't say anything timely kind of means that <laughs> more so than make sure this is relevant forever. The difference, you know what I mean? Like there's like a caution about being evergreen as opposed to making sure this can stand the test of time, which is why I cringe when I give uh, platform U URLs or anything like that. Hopefully you're listening to this 25 years ago or later back to the future, yeah. however it is, however that one works. And this is just, you know, just as relevant that the input still dictates the output. You know what I mean? The, the, the media we consume, the questions we ask are going to change, you know, what comes next and, uh, and taking inspired action is something that I don't know, man, I agree with you. I don't know if you, people believe in the universe or God, but I, I, I was taught this at church. When you ask a higher power for that information, when they give you 
that information, there's going to be a journey attached to it. And yes. my journey after getting that database was uh, at Fox News, I became an audience producer and I toured the country with my database. And I remember thinking, well, this has to be right because like, not only does my database work for casting, but like I'm traveling now meeting people I never thought I would meet. And isn't to me, I was like, isn't that kind of like what I was taught at like in Bible school, at, at Baptist, Bible Baptist Christian Academy in Staten right. Island. I'm like, isn't that what I was taught? Like <laughs> right. it, it comes with walk West, walk East. Like I'm lucky there's airplanes. I'm thinking, but I'm not going to ask any more questions. <laughs> I'm going to take, I'm going to take action <laughs> in my own hands. And uh, <laughs> it's really, to be honest, like, cause you brought those words up and I feel like I bring that up. That's, yeah. that's where a lot of it comes from that. That's where, I'm like, it's so much bigger than me. And I've got what, a hundred mm-hmm. years maybe on this planet. If we're lucky, I got, I got like Sicilian Greek blood, whatever. I don't know what that means, but we're around for a while. So you're, you're long. Yeah. You're, you're there. I gotta do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do what I can. <laughs> I love that. And you know what? Someone's going to be watching, you know, us in 20 years, maybe doing something in 20 years. And they'll be curious to see what kind of glasses we're wearing or yes. if we had surgery so we can see, so we can name the people in the audience and they can oh laugh and be like, Oh, I heard them in you know 20 that. you know 2023 and they were talking about but they were I, kind of blind. by the way how i found out about my eyesight was i was fed up with my hd tv i wanted the 4k because it just wasn't getting it didn't look i knew i knew it could be a lot sharper and when i got the 4k and i sat down to watch it and it was still just as blurry <laughs> i was like uh-oh <laughs> yeah uh-oh. i know it's, i had to i wasn't allowed to renew my driver's license Unless oh, I got oh, an eye test. Oh. I was yeah. like, oh, all, right. all right. Systems. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, oh, fine. So, yep, you I did me. that. And I had gotten glasses um, the year before because I was when I was driving. I was like, huh. Missed that turn. I wonder yeah, how why. About that one? Maybe because yeah. why are they printing? Why are they printing them so blurry? What a strange <laughs> creative direction. <laughs> it is crazy. Thank you well, for this Vinny, so much. By the way, thank yes. you. Yes. Oh my God. You're and awesome. I know we're going to be connected. I more, really know that we yeah. will be connected and t- and talk more. So thank you for taking the time um, and joining your next stop live here on Fireside. You guys, you know what to do. Like, share, rate, and review. Go find Vinny on his podcast and do the same. I have a podcast, which makes it so easy to remember. And um, and all the things. I mean, you guys, all the little tidbits that Vinny just gave you, he's got so much more. <laughs> so that was just kind of scratching the surface. So definitely go follow and and share this episode because you don't know who needs to hear this. You don't know who needs to hear what we just talked about. Someone might need a little inspiration. Someone might be kind of feeling, eh, I don't like what I'm doing in my life. And they've always wanted to start something. Think about it. Send them this. Think about when Vinny was in college. You can picture him at that database center, right? Being like, huh, I have this idea. Let me see what happens. And his idea created the 700, you know, um, name database, but then really put him in this trajectory of where he is now because he, that gave him that confidence. You heard him say it here. Uh, you guys have the ability to do that too. So go out and do it. And again, thank you so much for joining your next stop live here on your neck. Did I say your next step? Your next stop here, which people always do. And I'm always like, what? Yeah. Your next stop here live on Fireside. And again, Vinny, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everyone. Wherever you're listening, if you're here on YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Twitch, or if you're listening to the replay, don't forget to check Vinny out again on his podcast. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks again, everyone. Bye, Vinny. Thank you. Thank you.